We are FBC Summit, leading everyday people to love Jesus and make him known. Thank you so much for joining us today. Good evening. I am excited tonight to introduce, we have some guests here with us tonight um, that's going to share with you about a partnership that we've been talking about for several months in Africa. Over the last several um, months, Twine and I have been talking, He's a, he used to be the BSU director out at um, Southwest and he has been the missions pastor at First Baptist Madison. We've been in conversation over the last several months about different partnerships and he made a connection with Church Mission Network um, and they have connections in Zambia, Malawi, um, Mozambique and that part of the world of Africa. So our church is looking at partnering with this group of people. I'm really excited about it as we are coming out of COVID and looking for partnerships around the world. I'm excited about us sending people around the world to share the gospel. So tonight, I'm fixing to ask Eric Perkins to come forward and share a little bit about their, their network, and then we're going to have Pastor McLean is going to come and share about his work in Africa. I'm going to pray real quick, so if you would, please bow your heads. Lord, we just thank you for this night. We thank you for this time that we get to spend together here tonight. And Lord, I just thank you for missions. I thank you for uh, just allowing us to serve you, Lord, to be able to be your hands and feet. And Lord, I pray that you would just give us the courage and the boldness to share our faith, to share the love that you've shown each and every one of us around this world. Lord, just bless this time that we have here together tonight. Lord, I pray that everything that we do tonight honors and glorifies your name. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good evening. I'm Eric Perkins. And it's good to be here with you and uh it's a neat little town enjoyed uh, driving in it's my first time i believe to summit but uh i've been on the bogachita before so i've been close so but it's good to be here with you and i, I want to tell you you know it seems like all we hear is is bad news but i want to tell you there's good news because god is still moving god is still changing lives he's changing hearts He's not only doing that in Africa, but he's still doing it here in America as well. And so I want you to walk away encouraged tonight that the God that you serve, the God that you worship is moving and he's moving in people's lives and he's changing hearts. Church Missions Network is working in Eastern and Southeastern Africa in nine different countries. We're in uh, Kenya, Tanzania, Uganda, Rwanda, Burundi, the Congo, Malawi, Zambia, and Mozambique. And in each of those places, we are going to the rural areas where many have never heard the gospel, never heard the name of Jesus. And we're planting churches by training pastors in those rural areas, making disciples. One of my favorite things to say is, disciples make disciples and churches plant churches. And last year, we planted, in just in the northern area, we planted, what was it, 100, 112 churches in the northern part of eastern Africa. In the southern part, we planted about that same amount. God is moving, and he's working. And the way that we plant those churches is as we go into the rural areas, we're working with Baptist conventions in those countries in partnership by starting pastor training schools in rural areas, training men in over two year period, they'll go out and plant a church. As they go out and plant those churches, they disciple believers. Those believers then, many of them are raised up as leaders. They'll come, those men will come to our school and they'll go plant churches in the next village. And we're beginning to see this multiplication process take place. 
Sounds a little like the book of Acts, and that's exactly what's happening because God is moving. Well, tonight I have one of our leaders uh, who is in Malawi. His name is McLean Chimwinje. He's one of my dearest friends, and he's here tonight, and he'll be sharing with you from the Word of God. And the reason that we're doing these schools in rural areas is because the problem is if all the men come out to the seminaries in the capital city for two years to go to school, and they live there, they get used to several things. One of them is electricity, the other one's sleeping in a bed, having food, having a flushing toilet and a shower, maybe with some hot water. At the end of that time, the, the guy says, well, it's time to go back to the village to plant a church. His wife looks at him and says, you can go, but I'm not going. So we have about 100% no return rate. By going out of these rural areas and having pastor training schools, we have a 100% return rate. They never leave the village. Our heart is to see God transform the villages. You know, one of our favorite scriptures and one that we think often because it brings hope to us is in Romans chapter 10 in verse 9. You know, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, we could be saved. What a wonderful promise. We all love and claim the promise of salvation. But if we jump down just a few verses, we began to see part of the story that is, is often left out. How then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The reality is they can't hear unless we go. When we go, we share. As we share, lives are changed. People believe in Jesus. Disciples are made. Disciples will make disciples. When it comes to the Great Commission, many times we think about, oh, our job is to tell other people about Jesus. Well, that's part of it. But what does the Great Commission really say? Go in, make disciples. As church members, we're not only called to tell other people here about Jesus, but we're called to bring other people along in their relationship with Jesus Christ. That's called making disciples. Why? Because we want them to do the same. And that's our heart, to make disciples that will make disciples so that we can see an indigenous church planting movement moving across the continent of Africa. There's never been a church planting movement in the world that wasn't led by indigenous believers. And for that reason, we're partnering with indigenous believers through Baptist conventions in these countries to reach the lost that have never heard the gospel. And probably the best person to explain to you how this is working is one man who comes from Malawi, who has seen this work in his own life and who can give testimony to it. His name is McLean Chimwinje, and he's coming tonight to share with you how God has transformed his life and how God is using him to transform others in southeastern Africa. Thank you. My name is McLean Chimwenje, coming from Malawi, Africa. I am a pastor. The church I pastored is Mitundu Baptist Church. I've been there for about nine years pastoring that church. I'm married. 
I have five children. On top of the five children, I'm taking care of the orphans. There are five. So my house is full of children. My wife has got a big responsibility. But thank you for allowing me to stand before you uh, tonight. Let me thank the pastor of this church for allowing me to stand here. I think uh, you don't know me, but uh, after you hear about this ministry, you have faith and you have trusted that this guy can stand and speak. My English is a little bit tough. English is not my first language, but I'll try to communicate. I'm going to read from the book of Luke, chapter 10. I'll read two verses, verse 1 and verse 2. The gospel, according to Luke, chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others, and he sent them ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself was about to go. He told them, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. I think this was the time Jesus knew that uh, the time was short before his crucifixion. And he knew that there are still some other people who have not heard about his message. By doing that, he appointed the 72 people. He sent them. Verse 2 is talking three things that Jesus told these people. The first thing Jesus is telling these people is that uh, the harvest is abundant. Number two, he's telling them about the laborers, the workers. The workers are few. Number three, he's telling them to pray. Pray to God so that he can bring or he can send more workers. You know, this harvest that Jesus is talking about, it is not physical harvest. I'm sure Jesus is not a farmer. 
And if Jesus is not a farmer, which means he was not talking about physical harvest. If Jesus was a farmer, he could have talked about physical harvest. But here Jesus is talking about spiritual harvest. The harvesting of people. I'm sure this harvest is the great commission. And I'm sure this harvest is the same that Jesus was talking on the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Jesus is telling us much about this harvest. And he was telling these people, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is abundant. When I'm starting thinking about this harvest, I'm thinking the work that God is looking forward for each and everybody of us to do. You know, the other reason that God saved us is that we should be responsible to share the word of God with others. It's not just for us to go to heaven we have the responsibility. We need to share this good news. This thing that happened in me, I need to tell my friend. Whether it is in the family, whether it is at work, whether it is where we do our business, we are responsible. As believers, as Christians, we should not just stay because this harvest is plentiful. When I was a young person, when I see a white man, I was thinking that every white person is a believer. Why? Because I was used it. In Africa, we were used it to see white missionaries when we were young. So when I see every white person, I, I, I was just thinking in my mind that these are people who knows Jesus. But when I first came here, I said, uh-uh, I think I was making, I was making a, a big mistake. <laughs> Why? There are still more people in America, they don't know Jesus. They are going to hell. They are sinners. They haven't heard about this gospel. Eric was, uh, uh, he, he was reading from the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 14. We do have the responsibility to tell these people. There are a lot of people outside there. There are a lot of lost people outside there. What are you doing? I want to challenge this church today that you need to know that we have the responsibility God is waiting for you. God is not going to come down from heaven and start preaching. He gave you this salvation. He saved you so that you can go and tell other people. In Africa, we have more people who haven't heard the gospel. 
we still have more people who are still worshiping the spirits of their ancestors. They don't know the real God. They haven't heard the gospel. We still have more people who are worshiping the witch doctors. I was sharing with my friends yesterday about the witch doctors. My father was a leader of these witch doctors. When I'm talking about the witch doctors, it's a group of people, a secret society. They dress up themselves with old clothes and put on the mask. You cannot see the face. They can do a lot of stuff, bad stuff, killing people, stealing, doing a lot of stuff. They tell people that they are not human beings, they are animals. So they can do whatever they want to do. People are going to these people. When somebody is sick, they go to these people seeking for healing. But these guys, they don't have power to heal anybody. Only Jesus has got power to heal. But they are doing this because they don't know the truth. Just imagine, who is going to tell these people about this Jesus? It's you and me. We have the responsibility to go and tell them. 31 years ago, I was saved. Jesus changed my life. I was born in a family of seven children. I lost my father and my mother when I was 13. Life was hard. I had no food. My auntie is the one who was taking care of us. But this aunt was not a good woman. She had four children. She was first giving the food to her four children. The remaining food she was giving to us. It was happening that the children has finished the whole food. Then that means we are not going to eat. I was walking three hours going to school without shoes. But the good thing that I concentrated was to go to school. Though life was hard, I concentrated going to school. All of these challenges that I was facing did not disturb me to go to school. But my heart was full of bitterness. And I was thinking that uh, there is no God. When somebody is telling me about the love of Jesus, I was not wanting to hear about that. Because I was thinking that if there is God in heaven, why this God, if God is love, why is he allowing me to go through this situation? No parents, no food, no clothes. One day when I was at school, Something happened to my life. A friend of mine, he was my roommate. We were staying together in the room. He was a believer. This guy was trying to tell me about the love of Jesus, but I was refusing. I did not want to, to hear about this Jesus. But you know, sometimes what God does, 
you cannot understand. It was on Saturday in the morning. I went down to the market to buy some other stuff. The time I was coming back, the room that we were staying in was locked. You know who took the keys? My friend. When I asked him, where is this guy? They said he has gone down to, the wash, uh, to worship. And I said, let me just go there. I, get, I grab the keys and come back. I went there, the room that these guys were worshiping, it had one door. The platform was, uh, was this side, and there is one entrance there. I stand on the entrance, looking into the room. My friend was sitting right here in front. I had no access that I can call him to come and give me the key. Because this room was full of people. I said, okay, let me just wait here. If somebody will be coming, I'll send a word to him to call this guy to bring the keys. But nobody was coming out. Everybody was concentrating and hearing the word that this guy was preaching. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, that was the verse that he was preaching. For there is no other name under heaven given to men whereby we must be saved. It's only the name of Jesus that can save. It's only the name of Jesus that can bring peace. It's only the name of Jesus that can uh, change somebody's life. While I was waiting for the key down there, I started paying attention to what this preacher was preaching. I started little by little paying attention to this preacher. And he mentioned something that touched my heart. Touched my heart. He said, there are some other people. They don't want to hear this name of Jesus. But I want to assure you, if you are here today, this Jesus is love. This Jesus is everything. I was mad. A little bit. I was not happy. I thought maybe that friend of mine has told the preacher to talk about these things because I was there. But I said, uh-uh. I think this guy doesn't know that I'm waiting for him outside here. I think this should be God speaking to my life. When he started giving an invitation, I was the first person to come in front, raising my hands. I said, I need this Jesus. Starting from that time, God changed my heart. God changed my life. I started fearing God and I started worshiping him. You know, it took somebody to preach the gospel for me to be changed. So if you and me cannot go out and talk about this Jesus, those guys outside there, they are not going to surrender their lives to Jesus. Life in America and Africa, there is a big difference. Uh, what, what, what I've discovered here, you guys, you don't mind. Everybody is doing his or her own business. You don't care about your neighbor. If I can start asking one by one here, do you know the person nearby your house? Some will say yes, some will say, I don't know him. 
But God has made that neighbor to be close to you so that you can share his love. If you can say, Lord, I want to be part of this harvest. This harvest I am talking today is the work that you and me are supposed to be doing. The work of God, preaching the gospel, telling others about Jesus. Point number two, that Jesus is telling his disciples, he's saying that uh, the workers are few. So, if the workers are few, which means this side, there are few workers, this side, there are many people who are not workers. I don't know which part you are belonging to. Are you part of the workers? Are you part of those few workers? Or maybe you are part of many people who don't want to be used by God. Why these people? Why these workers are few? While every Sunday, the church is full of people worshiping the name of Jesus. But God is telling us the workers are few. Why? Many people are just going to church but they don't want to be used. They don't want to say, yes, Lord, I'm here. Send me. The book of Isaiah, Isaiah was telling God, he said, I'm here, Lord. Send me. I'm ready to be used. If we can have more workers in America, America can be transformed. Lots of bad things that are happening here I was listening from the radio, I was listening yesterday, there is uh, uh, an incident that has happened, I don't know where, but uh, uh, the, the children have been killed at school. Do you think if we can stand up as Christians, if we can stand as, up as believers, preaching this good news, these things can be happening? No. God wants you to be part of these workers. And God wanted you to say, yes, Lord, I'm here. I want to be part of your people who are doing the work. Church Missions Network is a platform that, is, uh, that God has given us to reach more people. Let me share with you a little bit about Church Missions Network. When my life, the time my life changed, when I received Jesus Christ, when I started following Jesus Christ, I had the passion in my heart to reach more people in Africa, to reach more people in my village. I prayed, I said, Lord, I want to be used by you. That was the time I was meeting, uh, I met, Eric Perkins. And when I shared with him, I said, I have the passion to preach the gospel. I have the passion to plant more churches in Africa. I have the passion to reach more people in Africa. He said, oh, my brother, that's my vision. 
Let's do it together. How are we going to do it? We went to meet Phil Johnson. Phil has been working in Kenya with church missions for many, many years. And we traveled, we went to Kenya, and we saw everything that Phil is doing. He said, this is what God wants us to do. We adopted that system. We went down to Malawi, Mozambique, and Zambia. We started preaching the gospel. We started telling people about God. We started teaching people about the word of God. As we are talking in Malawi, we have five pastors training schools. Every school has got about 20 to 25 people who are, who are learning Bible, who are learning how to preach biblical messages. You know what? These men are planting churches. You have, you have heard the numbers. But in my area, since we started this work, I have managed to plant 115 churches. God is at work. We go out to the villages. We receive invitations from different chiefs, different leaders. Come to our village. We want this gospel. We want this Jesus. We want the church to be planted in our church because they have seen what has happened in the area where the other chiefs are leading. When they see the transformation taking place to the uh, next village, they said, why can't we ask these guys to come and do the same in our villages? We have different ways of reaching the people. We do have teams coming from America to Africa. God is, God is using these teams to help us reaching more people. When you come, you will be part of this movement. Just imagine when you come to Africa, you stay five days and plant a church. What's the name of this church? Of this church? What is the name of this church? First Baptist Church of Summit. You go there and, and plant a church, and the people say, which church are you coming from in, in America? Say, oh, we are coming from First Baptist Church of Summit. We want that name to be this church. When you be coming back here, you will leave First Baptist Church of Summit in Africa. God will be pleased. Just for you to go to the village, it will make somebody who was not even thinking that he can hear the gospel, to hear the gospel. Why? Because they will see the white person has come in their village for the first time. They have never seen the white person. When they see you, they say, what are these people doing in our village? Let's go and meet them. Let's go and hear the message that they have uh, brought to us. That will be your chance to preach the gospel. That will be your chance to share your testimony to those people. When they hear that, they'll say, I think these guys are, are, telling, are telling us the truth. Let's surrender our lives. We have another program that we are doing with the Church Missions Network. It looks like it's a funny thing, but it is a very big instrument. In Malawi, Africa, 
Mozambique, Zambia, Zimbabwe, Tanzania, Kenya, that side of Africa, we like soccer. In Africa, we call it football. Not the same football you, you guys have here. It's a different football, African football. We love that football very much. And God gave me this vision that you need to start a soccer team in your church. I started a soccer team in our church. We started this soccer team by doing Bible studies with the youth of our church. And when we started the, the, the soccer team, some of the youth outside the church, they joined us. And now it's a strong team. You know, what we are doing, we are going out where we want to plant church. If that area there is a soccer team, we tell them that we are coming to play a soccer game on Saturday afternoon. When we send that word to them, over 5,000 people who come on that day to watch the game. Soccer has got two parts. We play the first half. Before the second half, we tell the people, would you please come together? We share the gospel. Thousands hearing the gospel. We announced that we are coming with the church. This coming Sunday, we want to start a church in this village. I'm telling you, come Sunday, more people come to join the church. We are starting these churches under the tree. Just imagine, under the tree. We don't have a church, a church building. Under the tree, people come on Sunday. You know who will be leading this church? The guy who is under our pastor training school, who will be coming every Sunday, preaching the gospel, discipling these people. That church is not going to die. The other good thing is that, as I am talking, we have the partnership with the government. Just imagine the government of Malawi, Minister of Sports, calling me and saying, we want to partner with you because what you are doing, you are giving the youth something to do. And this program is helping our youth not to continue be doing bad stuff. You are keeping them busy. They are busy. They don't have time to go and smoke. They don't have time to go and, and drink drugs and whatever. Because they are busy. God is molding these guys Four of the soccer players now, they are preachers. We have churches in their villages. They are preaching the gospel. And the government is by our side. Everywhere we go, the government sends security. Everywhere we go, the government is supporting us. Nothing bad can happen to us because we have the backing from our government. God is working. God is by our side. Point number three, that Jesus is telling his disciples, pray. Pray. What we wanted, what God is looking for, is a prayer. Just take your time. Pray to God that God send more workers to do your work. Maybe you can say, oh, I don't have, I don't have power to go to Africa. I don't have money to go to Africa. 
but I don't think you can say, I cannot be able to pray. If you can't go, you can pray. Right? You can pray. We need your prayers. You know, when God is at work, Satan always is not happy. So we need more prayers. Pray for the people in Africa. Pray for this program. Pray for this ministry. Pray for people to go and see what is happening in Africa. If it is coming, please come. And I think we'll be looking forward to have a team from this church one day to come to Africa. Because we can be just talking all of these things. Some, it's difficult for you guys to, to, to believe what, what I am saying. But I'm standing before you today as a living testimony. Because these things that are happening with our Church Missions Network, I am part of it. And the goodness is that uh, these guys, when they come to Africa, the work we are doing there is not for them. They are making us to be the owner of the work. It's indigenous. It's our program. It's our work. We don't work because Phil or Eric are there. No. Because we know that maybe one day these people will not be able to come to Africa. That will not make us to stop doing what God is doing. That will make us to continue. I remember two years ago we had COVID. People were not able to travel. But even we had that ban, the work was going on. We were still planting churches. We were still reaching out to the lost. I want to ask you to know that the harvest is abundant. We have more work. God is waiting and looking on us to join him. I want to ask you to be part of the workers. And I want to ask you to pray for this work. That more people in Africa should hear the gospel. We have people who haven't heard the gospel. The unreached people are there. They have never heard about this Jesus. When you go and ask do you know Jesus Christ? I say, who is this? Can you please tell me more about this man? Jesus. God is looking to each and everybody of you. May the good Lord bless you. I think I have communicated. If you have missed something, Will be here a little bit. Feel free to come and ask any question that you can have. Pastor, let me give you the chance to close. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor McLean and Eric. Thank you all for coming down tonight and sharing. I hope you guys see why I'm so excited about this partnership that we're looking at building with these guys. Um, it's an incredible time. I am going to encourage you and follow up with some things that he said. I encourage you to pray. Pray for the lost around this world, not only in Africa, but the lost around the world. Pray for how God is going to use you 
As he said, we, 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 I, get a, I, I am so blessed to be the missions pastor here at this church and be able to lead so many of you on mission trips around the world. Pray about how God wants you to be obedient to him and be obedient to what he's called you to do with your lives. Sometimes it's difficult, but he will provide the way for, for you to be able to do the things that he's calling you to do. And let me follow this up as well. Missions is a huge part of this church. We talk about discipleship. Discipleship is, is an integral part of missions. Whenever you go on a mission trip, I've never been on a mission trip with a group of people that I didn't come back and the bond was stronger. So as we go and we're doing what God's called us to do around this world and this community and all the places that he takes us, He's also strengthening this body of believers because every person that I've ever come back with, uh, there's a different bond because when you go and you serve alongside other believers and you're serving the same God, the same Jesus, it has to change you. So I encourage you to pray for these guys and pray for how our partnership is going to look with these guys and pray for how God's going to use you. I pray for, I, I'm going to lead this trip and I'm praying right now that some of you that are sitting in this sanctuary right now are going to be some that are going to be on that trip. It's incredible. I've had the opportunity to go to Africa, a different part of Africa it is incredible to go and just see how God is working around the world. Let me pray for you guys. Lord, we just thank you for the time that we've had here together tonight. I thank you. For these missionaries, I thank you for Pastor McLean. I thank you for his obedience. And I just pray for his protection, for your guidance, and for your will to be done. Lord, we just thank you that you are a God that can do you. You can do this all by yourself, but you love us so much that you want us to, to be with you and you want to use us. Lord, help us to be obedient to the call that you placed on our lives as believers. You didn't ask us to go and serve others, to go tell others and go make disciples. You told us. This is a command that you told us to do. And Lord, just give us the strength and the courage to do what you have called us to do. Lord, I just ask that you would be with us as we leave here tonight, that you would protect us, that you would guide us, and through all the things that we do in our lives, that we would do those things to honor and glorify your name. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to FBC Summit. We are leading everyday people to love Jesus and make Him known. For more information, visit our website, fbcsummit.org.